It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker got scary and led the Suns to a Game 4 win. Can anyone beat them when these two guys are playing this well? Plus, the Celtics' key to a series win is within and the Lakers are in control. I'm Jordan Blacken for Peter Bukowski and you're Locked On Sports Today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Well, the Phoenix Suns have evened the series with the Nuggets after a 129-124 win in Phoenix. And we are here with Locked On Suns host, Brendan Clean. Brendan, what was the first thing you took away or think of now? Game is done when you think of the Suns win in game four from tonight. It's one of the best games that I think uh, I've ever gotten to cover I mean it was really when you consider the stakes when you consider the sheer shot making that we saw in this game between Devin Booker Kevin Durant and Nikola Jokic with the career playoff high the you know reigning two-time MVP that's a, a performance for the ages as well you know the Suns don't win this game they are you know their season is is effectively over you know for, for all intents and purposes after a, a huge blockbuster trade mid-season and a lot of hope riding on this run. So, you know, a very gutsy performance to get off to a good start, kind of have control of the game most of the way. Late third quarter, Devin Booker making two pull-up threes to extend the lead. And then the fourth quarter, they bring it home with some timely buckets and rebounds and defense and all that. Just really pure playoff basketball, to be completely honest with you. Best time to do it, right? What was different to you or anything that the Suns did differently in this game than in the previous losses to the Nuggets? Well, you know, I think a lot of it's going to come down to personnel. You know, at the home, in the two home games in Phoenix this weekend, we saw TJ Warren, we saw um, Terrence Ross, we saw Jock Landale, who was not even in the rotation to start this series. He closed game four, gave game three over DeAndre Ayton, the starter, and in game four provided a lot of really important minutes as well so I think when you talk about adjustments there's a lot of things you can point to I mean in all reality whatever the Suns are trying against Jokic against Jamal Murray might be working in spurts but those guys are doing what they're going to do and these games are close so it's about finding the right combinations the right little mixes to win each moment of the game and the Suns have kind of emerged on top of that this this go around but you know best two out of three now I guess when you mentioned Jokic obviously what he did tonight on the court was phenomenal but you can't help but look at this game and not think about how chippy it was and the shove what did you make of that and and what do you what are you hearing from from being there and 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 just kind of how how wild this game was if you will <laughs> it was it was i mean you have you know the ball go out of bounds and starting forward josh okogi splay out onto the the seats and okay that's a normal basketball play that stuff happens it's the splash zone so to speak a little bit and then all of a sudden you realize okay that's where the owner sits the new owner of the team and not only him but you know NBA Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas who's a friend of the new owner and then both of those guys are getting into it with the star player on the opposing team so 
yeah, a little crazy. Maybe some flop uh, action from the former Michigan State walk-on, uh, Matt Ishbia, who owns the Suns, getting getting the movement right to get the call, so to speak, there uh, and and get the technical on on Jokic. But um, yeah, the the gentleman sitting behind Matt Ishbia gets moved to a different portion of the arena to kind of tame the mood down and things get a little crazy. But uh, again, I guess playoff basketball on a lot of levels tonight. Absolutely. Okay. So you mentioned KD and Booker. Are those the most important guys as a duo or who's the most important player for the Suns for the rest of the series in your point of view? Yeah. Uh, apologies for the beeping. We got a, a equipment truck coming through, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's Devin Booker. Um, it's been Devin Booker. He was outside of the fourth quarter when the backup Landry Shamit had a barrage of threes go in this, the game, the, the story of this game was going to be Booker. It probably still should be. He has been, he has had an answer for everything. He is not, he's usually 50% is the benchmark for basketball players, right? He's been, you know, 60, 70, 80% from the field. So as long as he continues to do that and continues to move the ball and set up his teammates, the Suns are going to have a great chance to win. All right. So looking forward to the upcoming couple games, what can we look forward to in game five and throughout the rest of the series? Yeah, Suns, Suns and Nuggets both were shaky road teams, so it makes sense that they would have both lost the first four, but, you know, obviously for the Suns to get this done, they're going to have to win at least one on the road, and I think that's going to be the question. Can some of the personnel tweaks and the Kevin Durant rejuvenation a little bit that we saw here in Phoenix over the weekend, can that continue, or is it going to be another dominating Denver performance when it goes back to Denver? I think that's sort of what you're looking at now as it is a best two out of three. You want to give us a prediction before we let you go to post game? <laughs> uh, look, I think uh, I think it's going to be a long series. You know, I, I I thought it would be a seven gamer before, and it feels like we're headed there. And you know, crazy things can happen in game sevens, but Denver has home court advantage, so I guess you know things are probably going to tilt their way in the betting markets and all that. We'll see what happens. Stay up to date all year on the Phoenix Suns by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Suns on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Boston Celtics can win the series against the Philadelphia 76ers if they just do one thing. Before we get to that, the Miami Heat are in complete control of their semifinal series with the Knicks. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be winning the NBA championship. Or you can check out game four between the Lakers and Warriors. FanDuel likes the Lakers at home by three and a half points. You can do this on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They're an official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Miami Heat are hot, all puns aside. It really looks like the Knicks are outmatched in the series. I use the word cruised specifically because it really did feel like that, right? And and yeah. by halftime, you kind of felt like this thing was going to be over. Oh. Maybe the Knicks made like a 10-0 run or something to really make it close. But like, okay. I was like, no, this, the, the, the Heat were controlling this game. That's interesting, that detail you mentioned about the, the shooter, the pregame kind of warm-ups there because you hear stories like that all the time, right? I think it was, it was Clay Thompson before that game six against OKC where he just went off with all those three pointers. And like the story goes, like he was missing everything in that morning's uh, shoot around. And he's like, I don't think I have it today. And then you come out and, and game six clay has sort of become a thing, right? Because he's a gamer. Well, the heater gamers. The New Jersey Devils have already come back from one 2-0 deficit to win a playoff series. So why not another? They announced themselves emphatically in game three with an 8-4 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. This was the polar opposite of the first two games in Raleigh. And even those two contests looked like the first two games against the Rangers. The Devils got dominated in both cases by an opponent that looked more experienced and superior. They finished the comeback against the Rangers and then dispatched the Blue Shirts. So will they do the same with the Hurricanes? The Toronto Maple Leafs dream may soon be ending after finally advancing in the playoffs. The Leafs have run into the buzzsaw known as the Florida Panthers. The Toronto Maple Leafs find themselves on the brink of elimination. David Morrissey here from Lockdown Leafs, losing 3-2 to the Florida Panthers in Game 3 in overtime. The Toronto Maple Leafs are now down 3-0 in their, ser- in their second round series. And unfortunately for the Leafs, their big stars were nowhere to be found in this game. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Will Nealanda, and John Tavares were pretty much a no-show right from the start and until the end. Mike DeStefano and I will talk about everything that went wrong for the Leafs in this game and whether there's any, any chance that this team can come back from a 3-0 deficit. It is the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Seattle Kraken won in Game 3 very badly and took it after a dominating second period. After a scoreless first frame, the Kraken got on the board thanks to a Jordan Everly goal just two minutes into the second period. The floodgates then opened as the Kraken scored three more on the Stars in the next six minutes. The Kraken have one more game at home on Tuesday night and a chance to go up three games to one before the series shifts back to Dallas. And on the diamond, the Philadelphia Phillies needed a win, and they got it on Sunday. The Philadelphia Phillies finally break out of the losing streak. They take the final game against the Boston Red Sox. Kyle Schwarber also, ah, a vintage Kyle Schwarber performance, hits in a top tank, an upper decker, and it was a nice win for the Philadelphia Phillies. You got a good start out of Taiwan Walker. You got a solid offensive performance, we'll say that, but the bottom line is they were in a slide. They needed a win. Sometimes you just need one of those wins. By the way, Connor Thomas, your host of Locked On Phillies, uh, you need one of those wins. It's like in basketball when a team's in a shooting slump and you just need to see one go in. The Phillies needed to see a win. They got one. They got an opportunity to have a good week with the schedule getting a little bit easier. And, uh, yeah, it was nice to see them take one at the end of a series when they haven't played well, when they could easily just take a Sunday off. Nope, they showed up. They took the win, and uh, we move on, try to get back to 500. We'll talk more on the latest episode of Locked on Phillies. 
here's another story you need to know. Alrighty, after a game four, Celtics lost a close one. Overtime, 116-115, the final here with Locked on Celtics host John Corrales. I'm Jordan Black. John, this one was wild. It could have gone either way. Give me your initial reaction to tonight's game, today's game, uh, what you took away from everything. Yeah, I, I feel like the Celtics kind of missed an opportunity here. Uh, they they did not play well enough at the beginning of the game, the first half of the game, to really justify uh, coming away with the win. But they had a big fourth quarter uh, comeback there. Uh, it, it just to me, it feels like a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, as well as they played in the fourth quarter and overtime, they missed uh, they, they missed rebounding opportunities. They gave too many second chances. Uh, they made mistakes. They made the mistake on James Harden, allowing him to get the go-ahead three. Uh, they just didn't execute in, in some key situations here. This very easily could have been a, a, a Celtics win that, that, that was, didn't need overtime. But uh, it was a valiant comeback, and they showed that if they play with this kind of purpose from the beginning, then they're a pretty good team. But they need to continue to do it uh, for, for 48 minutes. You mentioned defense. Was that something that stood out to you most in this wild game, or was there something else that really stuck out to you? I mean, there's so many things uh, with uh, the defense, especially Al Horford on Joel Embiid. It's it's a shame that that defensive effort was was wasted, but the Celtics' fourth quarter defense was just locked down kind of stuff. Uh, again, until they made a bad decision, Jalen Brown. Uh, looking to double off of James Harden when Joel Embiid had the ball. That was a bad decision. The Celtics were up two. They didn't need, uh, they didn't want to give up a three pointer because obviously that puts them in the lead. And, and it was just a bad decision by Jalen Brown. You got to let that uh, Joel Embiid possession just play out however it was going to play out. And he was pretty exhausted. The Celtics did a great job of wearing him down. He's, it, it's something that the Sixers have gotten away with now. Embiid's fatigue factor should be a bigger thing. And, and it just, by, by letting them off the hook here, it, it's, they wasted a really, really good defensive effort down the stretch in the fourth quarter. So returning home Tuesday, how do you think, or how should the Celtics adjust? Well, I think the number one adjustment for the Celtics is just consistency. Uh, I, I do think that Jalen Brown needs to be more uh, in tuned with the, the fourth quarter uh, execution, he has to be part of the fourth quarter uh, and the overtime didn't touch the ball. He didn't uh, shoot the ball in the overtime. So, you know, when, when Jalen Brown, he was the guy that, that kept them alive early on. He scored their first 14 points. And so that that's something the Celtics have, have kind of struggled with all along. Um, I feel like if they, they, they make sure they get him more involved in the fourth quarter crunch time offense, if it gets down to that, then that that would be very helpful. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about Joe Missoula and the the timeout. Why didn't he call a timeout uh, at the end there? I thought that was okay, but if if they're not going to involve Jalen Brown, then that that is a missed opportunity as well. Uh, they just Jordan, it's just about consistency with these guys, though. It, it just boils down to that. It, this isn't rocket science. They, they're better than the Sixers. Uh, they've had multiple opportunities to put this series away, and, and they didn't. They lost two close games, and they have two easy wins. Uh, they need to take this seriously for 48 minutes and not come out as flat as they did. Give credit to the Sixers. They did what they had to do. But the Celtics are their own worst enemy sometimes. 
So four games into the series, now we get to put you on the spot. Do you have a prediction or will you make one? Yeah, sure. I've said Celtics and six from the beginning. I think the Celtics are great with adversity. Uh, if they can come back here, uh, I think they can finish this thing out in Philadelphia. I, I feel like the Celtics will win game five at home. Um, that That's going to be a good, energetic crowd. Um, I don't think Harden is going to have consecutive great games. And Embiid is, is just still struggling. He, and he played a, a ton more minutes in this one. They're really running him ragged. Uh, I, I feel like the Celtics can can close this out in six games, uh, like I said, but if if they give a consistent effort. Stay up to date all year on the Boston Celtics by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Celtics on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, what's standing in the way of the Lakers and beating the Warriors in their series? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Los Angeles Lakers may have been the underdogs to win this series, but they have all the momentum and all the advantage as they head into Game 4. Locked On Lakers host Andy and Brian Kimenetsky are pretty happy. Because the Lakers returned an absolute ass-kicking where they were on the bad end of it with one just as dominant in Game 3. Anthony Davis, who was the most disappointing player among the Lakers, you know, he had company in terms of guys who didn't play well. But but when AD doesn't play well, there are more ramifications Right. Then when 11 other points, yeah, 11, po- 11 points in game two is it's a lot different when AD has 11 versus like when Schroeder has four or six. Right. Or, you no, know, like, like it said, matters more. Absolutely. The, the other guys have to hold up their end of the bargains, but it doesn't, not all bad performances are created equally. AD bounced back in this game with an absolute monster performance 25 points, 13 rebounds, got to the line 12 times, made 11 of them. Three assists, three steals, four blocks. I can't even tell you how many plays he either got a deflection or just blew up what the Warriors were doing yeah. offensively. He just he just wrecked shop the entire time. Between quarters one and two, I don't know if somebody tapped him on the shoulder. I don't know what happened, but he got a little bit more aggressive coming out higher on the floor, doing both the, you know, hedging harder against the Golden State pick and rolls and still recovering. Um, it was just very much, much, much more disruptive. And as a group, the Lakers really cranked it up. Golden State had 38 points in in the second and third quarters. Yeah, I mean, to limit Golden State to 38 points over two quarters is mind-bogglingly good defense. I don't care how many open shots they might have missed or you know shots they might have. That is doing work defensively, and the Lakers, you know, earned this win on the on the defensive side. It, it wasn't just the idea of how well you were defending shots or rotations or whatever. Particularly in the third quarter, they played some of the most disruptive defense I've seen this group do since the deadline, and that says a lot because they've often been one of the best 
defensive players in the league. Golden State you had could 19 te- turnovers. And finally, New York Jets coach Robert Sala wishes all this talk about a wish list would go away. Perhaps trying to shield Aaron Rodgers from criticism, Sala said Friday, it's a silly narrative to say the Jets are signing former Rodgers teammates simply because the new quarterback is pulling the strings. The Jets have added four ex-Green Bay Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard, quarterback Tim Boyle, tackle Billy Turner, and receiver Randall Cobb, who signed a one-year contract Wednesday. Offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett has something to say about it, you know. While Salah has a point, don't mind me while I look at the roster for the New York Packers. I mean, Green Bay Jets. I mean, come on. Who wouldn't want to bring their old friends from work to come with to their new place of work, right? Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will Steph Curry be able to will the Warriors back in L.A.? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.